0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not worry and say, What are we to eat? or What are we to drink? or What are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. The Gospel of the Lord. It can be very tempting as we hear these words of the Lord in the Gospel. Do not worry about what you're to eat and what you're to drink and what you're to wear. To respond with, that's easy for you to say. It can be very easy when we hear those words of, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be nervous about that and say... That's great, but you're the Son of God. And for those of us that need to work for a living, we need to take care of these things. And then the Lord wraps it all up with that marvelous statement, sufficient for a day is its own evil. And we pause and say, well, that's really reassuring. But in the middle of all of that, the Lord is teaching us something very important, especially in the light of this day when we gather to pray for his blessing upon the labor that marks our lives. And the readings we have today are chosen precisely for how they speak to why it is we gather here for Mass on this day. Our first reading is the one that establishes the context and the framework. And we see something beautiful in that account from the second chapter of the book of Genesis of the creation of man. And it's this. Work is intrinsic to what it is to be human. Work has been with us from the beginning. And in fact, it is precisely work given by God, which in no small measure gives man his dignity. And that's so different from the way so much of the world will speak of work as something to be avoided, as a necessary evil, as a burden, or simply as a means to an end but we see in the beginning that man is created, the breath of life is given him, and then God plants a garden and causes all that is good to spring up in the garden, and he takes the man whom he has made and into whom he has breathed life, and he places the man there in that garden of blessing and abundance. And he places him there, we hear curiously, not simply so that he will be happy, not simply so that he will have all that he needs, not simply so that he can enjoy the blessings of the garden, but so that he cultivate it and care for it and develop it. What a remarkable moment this really is. That man is given by God the dignity, not just of receiving and enjoying the blessings of the world, but of cultivating them toward an increase, of valuing them, and caring for them. And note how when we put it this way, what do we hear? Without Directly hearing the words, we realize man is indeed made in the image and after the likeness of God. God, who doesn't simply put blessing in the world, but cares for it, cultivates it, guides it. And so note, the Lord who worked in creating the world shares the gift of that with us. And so human work... Human labor has its origin in this. Not because we need to eat. Not because we need to drink or learn what to wear. Not because we're worried about tomorrow. Before all of those worries have entered the world, work was already there. Because blessing must be valued. And blessing must be tended. And goodness must be cared for. And that, that is where man finds his dignity. Man finds his dignity not simply because he's been blessed, but because he cares for blessing. Not simply because he's been given goodness, but that he can cultivate goodness and tend to goodness. Note how remarkably beautiful that is. This active care of creation that the Lord establishes as part of who we are from the very beginning. The tragedy of man, in no small measure, became afterwards the tragedy of work. Because when Adam and Eve misused creation in the garden, extending their hand at the voice of the serpent to the tree, and the Lord came to them and they refused to apologize, what does he say to Adam? Cursed be the ground because of you. You will try to cultivate it. Oh, and instead of fruit, you're going to get thorns. Note how part of the consequence of sin, the fall of man, is work that becomes fruitless. Mere toil, mere labor, struggle without dignity. And so note not what sin does. It's not simply that sin afflicts us. It's not simply that sin wounds us. It does it in no small measure as well by hiding the beautiful goodness of work. And now, instead of man laboring in peace to cultivate goodness, laboring in peace to bring forth a continual abundance of the good things that God has made, now man struggles. And now man preoccupies himself with lack. And man preoccupies himself with insecurity. And man finds his heart afflicted by exhaustion and frustration. This is where Jesus' words come in. So note what Jesus is saying. Don't preoccupy yourself with what you're going to eat, and what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. And Then he says, the pagans, those who do not know God, seek these things. In other words, that's what they work for. Because the only point they see is, how do I get by for another day? What can I acquire for myself? And so it's a spirit of acquisition. And a spirit of insecurity. And both of those attitudes rest on a fundamental lack of trust. And we see it all around us. This idea that dignity is somehow connected to possessions. That dignity is somehow connected to opportunities. And that the work is only dignified that gives more of those things. This is happiness is found in any of them. Jesus is not saying don't work. Jesus is not saying don't take care of yourselves. Jesus is not saying don't be responsible. What he's really saying is be responsible for the right things. Because even in this sin-wounded and fallen world, there is still goodness to be tended to. There is still goodness to be received and cared for. And that is what gives dignity to man, not how much he acquires, not how hard he strives for those things that don't last, but how greatly he values the goodness he has received, however small it might seem in the eyes of the world. Why is it sometimes that we see two men or two women in a job that we might say is equally demeaning? And yet one of them has a strange peacefulness, and the other doesn't. Is it not because that one who has the peacefulness understands my dignity is found elsewhere? It's in the goodness that I value, the goodness that I care for. Man might have fallen out of the Garden of Eden, but he didn't fall out of God blessing him. He didn't fall so far that there is no goodness in the world to be tended to and valued and cared for. But note the difference in spirit, that there is goodness. Goodness can be found. Goodness can be protected. And goodness can even be harvested. Versus, what do I get? What do I earn? What do I want to acquire? Note how different the heart feels when one speaks in these two different ways. And so Jesus says, if you're going to give yourself over to fretting about tomorrow, you're also going to give yourself over to fretting about your own inadequacy because you can't guarantee tomorrow. And your job can't guarantee tomorrow. And if you're working for a tomorrow that you can't guarantee... Where are you ever going to know peace? And this is, the, this is the story of fallen man with his heart so restless. It's not that man is necessarily labor lazy. Man strives, man works, man labors. But wrongly, striving for the wrong things, looking in the wrong direction, becoming blinded to that which truly can give happiness and goodness. And so the Lord says, sooner or later, are you a child of God or not? Sooner or later, are you willing to let me plant you anew in this world as I once did in the Garden of Eden with Adam? Sooner or later, are you willing to recognize that in following me, I will bring you even here to a place that does have blessings? that you can recognize, receive, and tend. And would that not be wonderful? Would that not be wonderful if this would be how we approached work? If this would be how we understood the dignity of workers? We are so odd in the developed world. We value captains of industry and we celebrate them and we are indifferent to the ordinary worker. And yet note how the Lord at the very beginning makes the ordinary goodness of work part of who we are. It is nothing to be looked down upon. Nothing to be dismissed. Nothing to be taken for granted. And this is why so many long for work that is truly productive, truly life-giving, that has a true dignity about it. And the Lord reminds his apostles, that is a wonderful desire to have. Just understand where that life-giving character, where that value and where that dignity come from, because they don't simply come from this sin-fallen world, but they can be found here and expressed here with a heart that's united to me. And so he says, sufficient for a day is its own evil. And note again how Jesus refuses to give us a gospel of fantasy land. He doesn't say the day has no difficulty. He doesn't say the day has no problems. He does say, however, being aware of that, then deal with meeting today's issues and deal with tomorrow's issues tomorrow. But what do we tend to do? we tend to anticipate tomorrow's problems in a way that doesn't allow us to solve them, but worries us and exhausts us today. And note the Lord, today there's something for you to do. Address the issue of today, today. You don't have to do tomorrow's, do today's. And when he speaks that way, he's bringing our hearts back to the glorious now, of what it is to stand in the presence of God. Because God also has blessing for you and for me today. God also extends his goodness to you and to me today. And if I'm worried about tomorrow's evil, I'm also going to miss today's blessing. Note how marvelous really this is. And note how beautiful a Catholic understanding of labor and work really are. The one who works for a living is by no means less than anybody else. In fact, he he, or she has a particular vocation likewise to show the world the true dignity of man. Man in the image and likeness of God. That is why in the structure of the mass itself, Every time we say Mass, we reference the goodness of work. And now you're looking at me. Father, I've attended Mass all my life. I've never heard that said. Where does that happen? It happens right on this altar. And pay attention as we get to that point. Because in a little while, bread and wine are going to be placed on this altar. And note what I've just said. Bread and wine, not wheat and grapes. God gives us wheat. God gives us grapes, like we heard in the first reading. He caused the fruit-bearing plants to grow and to share their abundance with man. But what did he tell man to do? Cultivate and care for the goodness? So out of the wheat that God has given, we make bread. Out of the grapes that God has caused to grow, we make wine. And we put on the altar what we have done with what God has given us. He's the source of it all. And yet, note how wonderfully our cooperation with him, our receiving the good of what he has given us, is expressed on this altar. And what do we say? Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for in your goodness we have received the bread we offer, fruit of the earth and the work of human hands. Give success to the work of our hands. The prayer of the psalm that we said, give success to the work of our hands. And here we see that that success has a name and the name is Jesus but how marvelous it is that Jesus Christ becomes present on this altar after we have placed here what we have done with what he has given us. And that's a reminder for all of us. We are not Adam and Eve, newly made in the garden. We live in a world of struggle. We live in a world of difficulty. We live in a world of lack and fragility, and yet even here. There are the fruits of the earth. There are the good things that God has done. There are the good things that God gives us every single day. And there's that command, that first command that was ever given to man. Do something with the blessing that I have given you. Receive it, care for it, and work it. And in so doing, you will care for this world. Amen.